Through the early part of the season, just about every Big Ten basketball team has some sort of big game under its belt. So, where are we at? Who ranks at the top? Who's at the bottom? We'll go through everyone in the conference and try to figure out how many of these teams are for real. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to take a look at everyone in the Big Ten Conference on the basketball court. Just about everyone has, if not a big win, a good team. They've played close so far. So let's take a look at everyone and see where exactly things stand. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has all of the odds, props, and lines that you need for everything that you'd ever want to bet on, and more than ever before. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so I thought I'd first take a look across the Big Ten Conference and try and at least gauge things by the resumes. Uh, taking a pure look at who you've beaten, who you've lost to, and exactly how the start of the season's gone for you. Because I want to later in the show get into some actual numbers and some discrepancies between some of the rankings that we see in, say, the top 25 and the more advanced rankings, like the Ken Palm rankings or the net rankings that have been used more on Selection Sunday. So while there's already some big differences in opinions in those metrics, I wanted to first just get down to the brass tacks, look at each team's record so far, and say, okay, what have you done for me through this first part of the season? Let's start at the very top. Purdue Boilermakers still undefeated and looking like a team that's ready to make a Final Four run. Uh, Purdue has, of course, big wins, wrecked Gonzaga, wrecked Duke, but the biggest thing about Purdue may be the fact that they hadn't really failed any tests yet. A whole bunch of teams here we're going to see have big wins, but Purdue has not lost. The first real scare was in the overtime matchup against Nebraska, which Purdue ends up holding on to win, but aside from that, Purdue's been great. That freshman backcourt has exceeded all expectations. Zach Eady's looking like a potential player of the year candidate down there at 7-4. It's going as well as you could have possibly predicted it to go for Purdue this season. I don't know if anyone was expecting Zach Eady to make this kind of a jump in his skill set out there on the court. He's been absolutely incredible. Purdue is the class of the Big Ten, at least through the first part of the season. Up next, Indiana. Of course, has the resume of beating UNC, but also lost to Arizona, and then, of course, lost to Rutgers earlier, too. A couple of weird ones there. And also, if you factor in the fact that UNC may not be all that good, that was a preseason number one who was in the middle of the top 25 when Indiana beat him, but also now is out of the top 25 entirely. That's something when you look at it, Indiana's resume itself, while we still think Indiana's a good team, of course, the Hoosiers do not have exactly the same kind of quality wins as we thought they did at one point, but they're going to have another chance to get a good one after this week off day on Saturday play Kansas. So things will sort themselves out. Uh, Maryland and the Terrapins. Good start to the season for Maryland. Uh, beat Illinois but lost to Wisconsin most recently. That's a little bit of a hiccup for them. They've got another big matchup here coming up to end the weekend. And 
they have at least bigger tests coming up too with Tennessee and UCLA as well. Storybooks kind of out on Maryland. They have that big win over Illinois, but how good is that win now that Illinois lost a couple of games here recently? It's going to tell us a lot more at the end here just how good Maryland is. Ohio State. They have two losses, but those two losses are ranked. San Diego State and Duke. Only scare of the season aside from that was in their game-winning shot to beat Rutgers. Ohio State obviously getting the win in that matchup. You have in that game, in that team, a team that hasn't really taken a big, big loss so far this season and has gotten itself a few wins already too, which is of course great. Uh, Illinois beat top 10 teams, a couple of them already. UCLA and Texas both going down, but some questionable losses for the Illini too. Uh, Lost to Penn State already. Lost to Maryland already. Lost to Virginia. These are teams that we're now learning and think maybe pretty good. Penn State we've talked to about with Zach Seiko before. But in those other squads, Maryland and Virginia, those are good losses. They're middle of the pack, if you ask me. If we're breaking things up right now, I think you've got Purdue and Indiana at the top. Illinois maybe right there with them at the top of the next tier. But that's where I'm putting the teams like the Maryland's and the Ohio State's right now. In there with Illinois, not quite up there with Purdue and Indiana yet. Purdue's probably in its own league. Elsewhere in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten, Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, not a huge, huge sample size on big games for them yet. Beat Iowa State, which is a good one, and beat them bad. But lost to Duke too and lost to TCU as well. Uh, Rutgers beat IU which was a big win for them, but they've got a couple of weird losses. Temple and Miami as well, and they missed another chance, of course, at a good win against Ohio State earlier on in the season, too. Uh, Penn State, as we get into the second half of the conference here, three losses, but to major teams so far, and, of course, close games there, too, and they just beat Illinois. Penn State, again, we talked about with Zach, is a senior-led team that's going to be able to shake things up. They've played with everyone that they've played against so far, haven't been really blown out. And beating Illinois is at least the first of one of those wins that's going to shake things up here in the Big Ten season. They're going to try and make an NCAA tournament bid. I know that for sure. And I think that they're really confident that they're better than those preseason rankings had them in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State, of course, was the darling of the Big Ten early and was ranked for a while there. Beat Kentucky, played with Alabama and Gonzaga, too. But since then, some weird losses. Lost to Northwestern. Uh, Notre Dame, another loss that if you're one of those top teams, you didn't think was going to come their way if they were really as good as they had been playing earlier in the season. They're now out of the rankings again, so it's a rough go for Michigan State, but we'll see how they think keep things going. As we were saying when they were playing really well, you know Tom Izzo is going to have his team ready to play. Uh, Wisconsin after that beat Maryland and lost to Kansas by just one. Let me pause here, and you may be thinking, why are you just listing the wins that teams have, Nate, in the Big Ten? I, I want to point out, this is the 10th team in the conference I'm talking about. Every single one of them so far has really good wins and evidence to say that they're a really good basketball team. I'm talking about Wisconsin right now. They beat a ranked Maryland team, and a legit good Maryland team, it looks like. They lost to the Kansas team that's top 10 by just one. Michigan State's already beaten Kentucky. Penn State already beat Illinois. Rutgers beat IU. Iowa beat Iowa State. Illinois beat Texas and UCLA all the way up. That's 10 teams that have at least a ranked win under their belt already in the season. So when I'm going through all this, you, you of course, maybe get lost, but you have to remember... This is the 10th team I'm talking about that has evidence to at least suggest, hey, we're NCAA tournament good. 
And it doesn't stop there. So I'll keep going. Wisconsin beat Maryland, lost to Kansas by one. The thing holding them back is they also have a loss to Wake Forest and other things about it haven't been great in their wins this season. Michigan played Virginia and Kentucky really, really close, but just has not beaten all the other teams that it's played the way that they should have. That's why the Wolverines aren't in the top 25 anymore. Uh, close losses to Jackson State, Minnesota, Ohio, Eastern Michigan. Not a great way to start the season for Jamon Howard's team again. We mentioned this has happened before with him. Uh, Northwestern beat Michigan, which was a good one. Only lost to Auburn by one in an ugly one. Beat Michigan State, I should say. Only lost to Auburn by one in a game that was like it was 43-42 the final, if you remember. But they got wrecked by Pitt, which is a little ugly. And that team's not supposed to be great, great. But again, they've got the wins under their belt already. Uh, Nebraska has five losses, which is rough. Not all of them are to great, great teams either, but they've got the hope as of late too, taking Purdue to overtime and ending up falling in that one at home. Uh, Minnesota's really the only school that doesn't have a huge bright spot yet. They have yet to beat a Power 5 school. Uh, that team is, again, still made up of players who are largely just getting rebuilt after a program lost everything it had as far as experience. So that team's not really looking good, and it's a clear, clear bottom of the Big Ten, at least right now. But that's 13 out of 14 teams who at least have something to point to to say, hey, we could be NCAA tournament good. So the question then becomes, how many of them actually are? We've got the first rankings coming out from the net rankings that have taken the place of RPI and other things we've done in the past as a prime factor in what the selection committee looks at. We've got the rankings from Kempom, ranking efficiency on offense and defense and ranking teams from there. And of course, the top 25 voting. How do those stack up, compare, and where could we be over or underestimating teams in our top 25s based on what we've seen so far on the court? That's coming up here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. But first, before we get to that, a reminder that today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you go to make sure that you have all of the lines, props, and odds that you need to get in on the action in any of your favorite games, whether it be Big Ten competition starting up with the basketball, of course, college football playoff games and bowl games will be starting up soon, or anything else that you want to throw your money on. You can do it over at Bet Online, where you know you're going to find the best odds and the most available to you, too. If you hear a line here on the show, it's coming from Bet Online, so you can bet alongside us or fade us over at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's take a look at some of the rankings across different sites for teams in the Big Ten. I've put together just a list of where everyone's ranked, both in the top 25, ranking through everyone receiving votes and where they would be in the country if the rankings went that far, of course, alongside the Ken Palm rankings, which if you don't know, it's an advanced metric that ranks efficiency on offense and defense, and then ranks all the teams in the country based on what they've done. And then the net rankings, which is another more sophisticated advanced metric to try and rank teams based on their resumes and how they have played. So let's take a look at where exactly everybody is. At the top, it's pretty consensus. Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten. They're looking like a top five team. Number four in the top 25, number three in the net rankings, number five in the Ken Palm rankings. They're the only team in the Big Ten that tops that cranks that cracks the top ten in any of these polls that we have. They average out at an even fourth in the country when you put those three numbers together. 
After that, it's also a consensus who comes second, at least with the Ken Palm and Net rankings, Indiana. Only mix-up is with the top 25. They have Maryland, who is the third next team coming up on the list a little bit ahead at 13th in the top 25 polls. I'm not going to go through all these numbers, but the top 25 in the Big 10 for the Ken Palm rankings is Purdue at 5, Indiana at 16, Maryland at 18, Ohio State at tw- at 19, and we have Purdue, Indiana, Maryland, and Ohio State not even ranked in the net rankings while they clock in at top 25. I I'm not going to go through and just keep routing off numbers for you, but here's the biggest discrepancies in the numbers that I saw. First off, I want to talk about the difference between teams that have received votes in the top 25 and the teams that are getting more love in the net rankings and the Ken Palm rankings, because there's a couple of teams in Rutgers and Penn State. There are two teams that are getting ranked higher than both Michigan State and Wisconsin in the Ken Palm and net rankings but they did not receive any votes in this week's AP Top 25. Uh, Wisconsin was 32 in the Top 25 if things kept going. They had about 16 votes, I think, and Michigan State was at like two or three votes in the AP Top 25 polls. If you ask the net rankings, Wisconsin's all the way down at number 64. I mean, that's near the bottom of the Big Ten as far as where they would rank, but AP thinks they're close to a top 25 team. Why would the net rankings think that's different? Net rankings go off the quad wins. If you've followed more advanced analytics with bracket making, you know quad one wins, quad two wins. It matters the quality of the teams that you're beating and where you get your wins from. So if you're looking at the two teams that are higher up in the net rankings, a Rutgers or a Penn State, Rutgers is two and two in games against quad one and two teams. Michigan State, or Penn State, sorry, is 2-3 and three in quad and 1-2 games, but also undefeated against the teams that they should be beating in quad 3 and quad 4. While you're looking at a Michigan State team, they're 2-2 two and two in quad 1 games. They've gotten, of course, those early wins, but they're also only 3-2 and two in facing teams against quad 2 and quad 3. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And again, Michigan State just falling a little bit more behind those two, where the difference really gets bigger is with Wisconsin. And this is where you start to see maybe some of the discrepancy here. Wisconsin comes in just outside of the top 25 with, I believe, again, it was like 16 top 25 votes this upcoming, this last week. But again, way far down at number 64 in the net rankings because they haven't won a game or have won just one game. Check that. Just one game by more than 10 points the entire season, and they have not been playing entirely good teams all season at all by any means. It's a team that's beaten Green Bay by only 11, uh, beat Dayton by just one point. These are not the teams that have been uh, really, really good wins for Wisconsin. They've got, of course, the close loss to Kansas, other stuff that we talked about earlier, but there's also evidence to suggest that they're not quite playing up to a team that's really, really ready to compete in the Big Ten. Going further down, a team like Michigan is ranked at 83rd in the net rankings. They aren't getting top 25 votes anymore either, but they're 0-3 against quad one. That's the difference. That's the advanced metric that puts Michigan right now in the verge of being out of the NCAA tournament entirely, if you were to end things at the moment. They're 5-0 against quad four, so they're beating teams that they should be beating up on, but they just don't have any good wins, and they have, as we talked about before, a couple of wins against teams that they really should have beaten badly if they were any sort of real good that they just weren't able to do. Also, 
The biggest thing that you should note is that Minnesota is a clear bottom of the Big Ten. I said it before, but when we're looking at this, the lowest ranked teams in the net and the Ken Palm rankings, it's Nebraska at 81 in Ken Palm, and then Michigan's at 83 in the net rankings. Minnesota clocks in at 153 in Ken Palm, 241 in the net rankings. It's not pretty for the Gophers this season. But again, the biggest thing, the biggest thing is that there's a reason to think for, if you ask me, 11 teams right now in the Big Ten that you really could put them in the NCAA tournament. I'm looking at Purdue, Indiana, Maryland, Ohio State, Illinois, Iowa, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. I think all of those teams right now have at least the pathway to the NCAA tournament and reason to believe that they can get there. Obviously, everyone has a pathway. They can win games. But I think these teams all have real competent evidence. North, Northwestern, Nebraska, and Minnesota, we've mentioned. Northwestern and Nebraska have gotten themselves decent wins. I'm still not really convinced that they're ready, ready yet, and the rankings would say the same. But as far as what the Big Ten has... That's kind of the point of the whole conversation we're having here today, is that there's 11 teams, if you ask me at least right now, that are in firm conversation for NCAA tournament bids with how good they can be, not just with what they might be able to pull off and how they might be able to luck their way into it, into getting a last bid, but I'm talking about teams that are firmly believing that they can be good enough to be comfortable on Selection Sunday. As it stands right now, Joel Arnie has nine Big Ten teams in the tournament. We'll talk more about that later here as we continue basketball coverage. We're going to wrap things up here on Locked On Big Ten just with a couple of notes on some things outside of the basketball court and the football field. No Big Ten in the volleyball Final Four. Both Ohio State and Wisconsin made it to the Elite Eight of the tournament bracket in the volleyball bracket. But neither team moves on to the Final Four, so no Big Ten representation there. But we will have Big Ten representation in the Men's Soccer College Cup Final. Taking place Monday, it's Indiana and Syracuse. Going to be a fun one, and you should be watching it. Everyone's got, of course, soccer fever right now at the World Cup. If you're looking for something to watch on your Monday, turn on that game. It's going to be a really, really good one. And one recruiting note to give you, Caleb Komalafe, three-star safety, has committed to Northwestern out of the 2023 football class. He's from Katy, Texas, had other offers from Oregon State, Tulane, Memphis, some other schools too. He commits to Northwestern. That's a look at what's going on around the Big Ten here today. We'll be back, of course, with more on everything you need to know. Just thought we'd take some time to rank some teams in the Big Ten and take a look after What's been a crazy, crazy start to the Big Ten basketball season. Everybody has at least played in some sort of important game and competed in it and given their teams and fans reason to believe why they could be good this year. It's going to be fun to watch it all play out, and of course we'll have more people here to talk about it here soon. Until next time, Nate Dickinson with Locked On Big Ten.